Good evening, everybody. My name is Jordan McCrone, and this is episode 85 of Sodom and I. And now, last episode, I had a guest. Today, I'm back home by myself, along with Brooklyn, as you can probably hear. <laughs> and I am still on the topic of the importance of obedience, but I'm kind of diving into something just slightly different. The name of today's episode is Fully Devoted. Fully Devoted. Now, being fully devoted to God is not only supposed to be wanted as believers of Christ, but it is our responsible service. I hope you guys have your physical Bibles. We are going to Romans chapter 12, and I'm going to read verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And I'll also read verse two. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So be not conformed to this world. Now, what, what are things of this world that we can conform to? Now, I'm going to start going to some uh <laughs> go 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 to some topics right first topic not liking our bosses or you know slash employers right let's go to ephesians chapter 6 verses 5 through 8 now sometimes you know we'll be going through some stuff we might not always agree with our employers we might not always like what they say or like what they do. We feel like they're wrong or feel like we don't like, you know, they don't know what they're doing. But Ephesians chapter six, verses five through eight says, servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord. <laughs> of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And now I'm going to go to this and read a different translation of Ephesians 6, 5, and 8, right? Let's do, y'all know I love TPT, but let me, let me look at some other translations because sometimes we get really caught up in being done wrong by our bosses or not agreeing with them and then, you know, just being in our feelings, being in our emotions and not wanting to listen. But God doesn't say just comply or be, you know, be obedient. It says with fear and trembling. And now 
I'll do TPT because you know, it, I just like how it hits. Those who are employed should listen to their employers and obey their instructors, instructions with great respect and honor. Not just to obey them, but obey them with respect and honor. Serve them with humility in your hearts as though you were working for the master. Always do what is right. And not only when others are watching eye service, so that you may please Christ as his servants by doing his will. Serve your employers wholeheartedly and with love as though you were serving Christ and not men. Be assured that anything you do that is beautiful and excellent will be repaid by our Lord, whether you are an employee or an employer. So, I was speaking earlier with my friend Ashley, who was on the last episode, and just going over this with her, I told her about how I was feeling on Friday, which was yesterday. And I told her that, you know, at work, some stuff was changed around and, you know, my boss had me do stuff that I didn't particularly want to do. And at first, you know, they asked me a question, I gave them an answer, and then they gave me a statement that null and voided my answer. <laughs> so, you know, so things got switched around in my schedule at work that are permanent now. And I decided in in being in my flesh, being my emotions and whatnot, that I needed to read the word out loud because God had gave a word on Thursday night and it just, it came at the perfect time. God is perfect. The perfect will of God. It just came at the perfect time and I was like, I need to read this. I need to read this out loud and just get myself back to where I need to be. So I read this to myself over and over again. And I was like, you know what, whatever my bo- whatever they say goes, because they're my boss and God said that I need to listen. I need to be obedient to them. Come on, I told you I was going, uh, <laughs> I told you I was going to put it in here for the next couple of episodes. Obedience to them that are your masters according to the flesh. She is my master according to the flesh. And she's not the only one got multiple but his word says that I need to be obedient right so I know not liking our bosses and going against them or doing things that displease them and stuff like that or maybe even doing what they ask but not doing it uh let me see but not doing it wholeheartedly and with love You know, if we're not doing it like that, then we're not doing it according to God's will. So I had to fix my, I had to fix myself. And then after that, you know, she created a little chat and everything for us to choose. And I I was like, you know, I'm just go ahead and do what she needs me to do. She's asking me for a reason. Let me just fall in line and be happy and be appreciative. So God changed my, my, my flesh. (laughs) You know, he is sovereign. But he changed how I felt about that situation through me reading his word and allowing it to have an effect on my heart and coming to him with an open heart when I felt displeased. You know, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. And I wasn't really even angry. I was just like slick annoyed. But even still, 
you're allowed to have emotions. God doesn't say be a rock. If he wanted me to be a rock, he would have created me as a rock. But I'm not a rock. I'm a human being with emotions that he also experiences. Like, we're made in his image. So, now, the second one that I want to talk about, because I guess these are like the hard hitters, and I may even continue going down the line of being fully devoted, but just with different names. But the second topic I want to speak on is the lack of sexual discipline. And now I'm 24. I don't know how old anybody else is, you know, that's listening. Either way, it doesn't matter what age we are. The lack of sexual discipline is so prevalent in today's society. It's glorified, actually. Do what you want. My body is mine. You know, all the culture and stuff like that nowadays. You know, just do whatever pleases you. Do whatever makes you happy. That's the culture nowadays. But the Bible says otherwise. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And we're going to read verses 15 through 20. Oop, wrong way. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 15 through 20. And now the Bible literally covers everything. Ephesians, I do believe, Ephesians, LOL. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. Let me look it up now that I said it because I don't want to steer you all wrong. Ecclesiastes. Because I saw this the other day and I read this the other day and I was I was telling Ashley, like, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. KJV, nothing new. Time, keep silence. Maybe it's one verse three and I'm remembering it wrong. Maybe happens sometimes. Do, 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 do. All right, I see one, two. What profit hath a man of all his labors which he takes to the sun? All right, well, now, now I need to know. <laughs> Nothing new under the sun. All right, Ecclesiastes 1, 9. I said 1, 3. It's 1, 9. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be, and which is done, that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. Nothing is new under the sun. People have been doing this for a very long time, and that's why God has it in the Bible. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 15 through 20. And I hope, like, this really hits us, because the Bible also said the word is sharper than any double-edged sword. It cuts, it cuts deep, you know. But that's the purpose of it. It's for correction. So when you hear this, don't take it as condemnation. We don't already did condemnation versus conviction. Just because it doesn't feel good to to be made aware of where, you know, our shortcomings doesn't mean that you're being condemned. Sometimes we need correction. Nobody is perfect. Jesus was the only one on here without sin. Even Job was like going through stuff. And feeling bad and being depressed and, you know, con- all that stuff. Jesus was the only one without sin. 
So when you hear stuff that requires you to correct your views, to correct your life, to correct the things that you're doing, it's conviction, not condemnation. So, verse 15. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall become one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is, un is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And now notice that this says body and spirit. And we'll talk about the difference between soul body and spirit another time but like we were bought at a price like our body is our tabernacle our body is our holy temple and the holy spirit the holy ghost resides in us lives in us so if our bodies are part are members of christ Shall I then take my, mem my, my members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? Now, let me read this. <laughs> let me read this in another translation. Because I was listening to a podcast of someone talking, speaking on breaking soul ties. And now the, the, the term soul ties is not biblical. It doesn't come from the Bible. But there are instances in the Bible that speak on souls being knitted together. So I won't say soul ties because y'all know I like to keep everything biblical. I'll say soul knit. This man spoke on how to break soul knits with other people that you shouldn't have been knitting your soul with. But, you know, ended up doing. That's why we have God on our side, right? I got distracted. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15. Do, do. And I'm seeing this. I'm going to read this. Do I want to read this in TPT? <laughs> yes, I do. All right. KJV, NIV, TPT. Don't you know that your bodies belong to Christ as his body parts? Should one presume to take the members of Christ's body and make them into the members of a harlot? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Aren't you aware of the fact that when anyone sleeps with a prostitute, he becomes a part of her and she becomes a part of him? For it has been declared the two become a single body. Soul knit. Huh knitted together quite literally i don't know how else 
you can you know, say knitted together as in become one, you know, become a single body. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is mingled into one spirit with him. This is why you must keep running away from sexual immorality. For every other sin a person commits is external to the body. But immorality involves sinning against your own body. Sexual immorality involves sinning against our own bodies. Have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the spirit of holiness who lives in you? You don't belong to yourself any longer. For the gift of God, the Holy Spirit lives inside your sanctuary. You were God's expensive purchase Paid for with tears of blood. So by all means, then, use your body to bring glory to God. TPT just hits. It's like, me, 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 me. It just gets you. And now, since we're speaking about fleeing from sexual immorality, we are going to talk about marriage. Now, God's word tells us what to do as unmarried people and married people. I myself am not yet married, but because I want to be married, I study the word and what it says in regard to marriage because I want to be a proper wife in the eyes of the Lord, right? I don't just want to be a wife. I want to be a proper wife. I want to be a Proverbs 31 woman. You know what I'm saying? We're not going to go over that today. We're going over people as in men and women and i'm going to read first corinthians chapter seven and i need you guys to hold on with me okay because it's going to be a lot that we cover in this but it's so important and let's just jump right into it right so in chapter seven we're talking about single people and married people now concerning things concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. This is KJV. Mm, let's look at NLT, NIV. All right. Yes, we're going to read it in NIV. And concerning married life is the title for this. Now, for the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. But since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. Now, let me stop for a second. Now, the same person that had the podcast or well, it wasn't even a podcast. It was a sermon. It was a recorded sermon from his church because him and his wife are a pastor. They had a podcast and they were speaking on, you know, marriage and things that a husband and wife should do and things like that. Um, and he was speaking on Corinthian. Actually, this was in the, the sermon. He was speaking on Corinth, the, the city the city of Corinth, it was filled with sexual immoralities, filled with prom uh, promiscuity and, and the things that were going on. 
So the writer of this book is an NIV. Let's go to the, let me click the information. Corinthians, or I can't, well, yeah. Paul. So this is Paul. Paul decided to write a letter to the people in Corinthians. He see, saw what they were doing. And he was like, uh-uh, that God, it has to change because this is not godly. This is not of God. This is not of Christ. So he just, he just really just started spitting. So with that in mind, we're going to read this because he was like, all this stuff is happening. But because this stuff is happening, it's better for you guys to be married if you really want to have sex like that, like, let's continue, right? This be with one another. This is six. We're going to seven. But since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. Verse three, the husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. So, this is this is the, the the PG you know friendly way of saying it. Let's go to T let's go to TPT the Passion Translation. Right, verse three, a husband has the responsibility of meeting the sexual needs of his wife and likewise a wife to her husband. And in KJV, let the husband render unto the wife due to benevolence and likewise also the wife unto the husband. Going back to TPT, neither the husband nor the wife have exclusive rights to their own bodies, but those rights are to be surrendered to the other. So don't continue to refuse your spouse those rights, perhaps by mutual agreement for a specified time so that you can both be devoted to prayer. And then you should resume your physical pleasure so that the adversary cannot take advantage of you because of the desires of your body. I'm not giving you a divine command, but my godly advice. I would wish that all of you could live unmarried just as I do. Yet I understand that we are all decidedly different with each having a special grace for one thing or another. Now I'll say this. If they, if God wanted everybody to remain single and completely devote themselves to God, we uh, would have children. <laughs> we would have children. The human race would not be extended and, you know, just be a bunch. Yeah, we'd be glorifying God. But God, you know, he loves his kids and he wants all that stuff to happen. So he's like, everyone is decidedly different. Everyone has different paths. You know, God has different wills. But he's like, this is just me and my godly advice. This is not a word from God. It's one thing to see, like, to say, you know, this is from the Lord. The Lord says this, and he specifies it within this book of what is a divine command and what is not a divine command, right? So let's move on. Because I'm going to read this whole chapter. It's only 40 verses. It's all right, guys. We need to grow. We need to grow in our discipline anyways. We'll be okay. Special grace for one thing or another. So let me say to the unmarried and to those who have lost their spouses, it is fine for you to remain single as I am. But if you have no power over your passions, then you should go ahead and marry. 
her marriage is far better than a continual battle with lust. And verse 8 in KJV. Yeah, verse 8 to KJV. I say, therefore, to the unmarried and widows, it is good for them if they abide, even as I. But if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. And now if you read KJV and you say better to marry than to burn, some people might be like, he means burn in hell. No, he meant burn with passion, burn with lust. If it really like, if you're really affected by that, then get married, but do it within the will of God. Don't just go out having, you know, like a bunch of sex, sinning against your own body. There's there's too much stuff out there that happens to people, you know. But when you're within God's will, it's supposed to be beautiful. It's like God created sex, you know. But me, myself, I know it's hard staying pure. I know it's hard devoting everything to God. I completely understand. Like I said, I'm 24 years old, guys. But my, I, I'm working on allowing my spirit to be stronger than my flesh. And I want to wait until I am married. Because there's just something. Like if God says that it was made for this purpose. And God says that this should be for that. Then I want to listen to what God says. Because... When I am able to, you know, I want to start a family one day. You can't do that without having sex. That's just, that's just anatomy. That's just simple biology. <sighs> I know it's hard, guys. But if we say we want to live a godly life and devote ourselves to God, then we need to do it in all things. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know it's hard. But it's possible. God would not give us more than we could bear. Point blank, period. It's possible. So verse 10 in my KJV Bible, it says the regulation of marriage among Gentile believers. And I just want to say, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not Jewish, you are a Gentile. Congratulations. Jesus died for you. (laughs) Jesus died for me too. The moment I was like, Lord, I'm a Gentile. I'm sure he was like, yes, I know. (laughs) We're Gentiles. I'm black. I am not Jewish. But verse 10. "And And unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. And that is an example of him being like, okay, this is a divine command. And before he was like, this is not a divine command. So he specifies what word comes from the Lord. And to those who are married, I give this charge, which is not mine, but the Lord's, that the wife should not depart from her husband. If she does, then she should either remain unmarried or reconcile with her husband. And the husband must not divorce his wife. To the rest, I say, which is not a saying of the Lord. If a brother, look, and he's specifying, this is what I say. If a a brother has an unbelieving wife and she is content to live with him, he should not divorce her. And if a woman has a husband who is not a believer, 
and he is content to live with her, she should not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband has been made holy by his believing wife. And the unbelieving wife has been made holy by her believing husband by virtue of his or her sacred union to a believer. And now God already said when we marry somebody, he no longer sees us as two separate people. He sees us as one. So the unbeliever is made holy by the believer due to the sacred covenant that they have. So otherwise, the children from this union would be unclean, but in fact, they are holy. But if the unbelieving spouse wants a divorce, then let it be so. In this situation, a believing spouse is not bound to the marriage, for God has called us to live in peace. If you are a believer and you're married to an unbeliever and they want to go, let them go. Let them go. Let them go. I don't know who's hearing this and needs to hear this. If they want to leave, you let them go because that's Bible. That's Bible and we stick to the Bible. We stick to the biblical facts. Okay? I know it might be hard, but this is what God says, right? He has called us to live in peace. If you are a believer and let's just say you're a wife. Sorry if I'm saying you specifically and it's hitting real hard. Um, if you are a godly woman and your husband is not a godly man and he wants to leave, you are not going to be living in peace. Even if he wants to stay, sometimes you are not going to be living in peace. But God has called us to live in peace. Now, if they want to stay, you don't leave because that's also Bible. But if they want to go, you let that man go and allow God to take you somewhere else. And wives, for all you know, you could one day lead your husband to salvation. Or husbands, how do you know for sure that you could not one day lead your wife to salvation? And that's why he says to stay. You could help inspire them to accept Christ. So that's why you stay if they want to stay. Because you might just be the seed that God has planted in their life to bring them to Christ Jesus. You don't know. But if they want to leave, God said it's not your responsibility and you let them go. Now, verse 17. May all believers continue to live this the wonderful lives God has called them to live according to what he assigns for each person. For this is what I teach to believers everywhere. If you were called to follow Jesus, if when you were called to follow Jesus, you were circumcised, it would be futile to try and undo the circumcision. If you were called while yet uncircumcised, there is no need to be circumcised. Your identity before God has nothing to do with circumcision or uncircumcision. Let's look at 19 in KJV. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing, but the, but the keeping of commandments of God, right? Verse 20. So everyone should continue to live faithful in the situation of life in which they were called to follow Jesus. Were you a slave when you heard the call to follow Jesus? Don't let that concern you. Even you, even if you can gain your freedom, take the most of the opportunity. 
For truly, if you are called to a life of union with the Lord, you are already a free man. Hallelujah. And those who were called to follow Jesus when they were free are now the Messiah's slaves. Since a great price was paid for your redemption, there we go again. Great price. Stop having the mindset of a slave. Mm, he ate. Brothers and sisters, we must remain in close communion with God, no matter what our situation was when we were first called to follow Jesus. Instructions to the single and widowed. This is verse 25. Now let me address the issue of singleness. I must confess, I have no command to give you that comes directly from the Lord. There we go, specifying it again. But let me share my thoughts on the matter as coming from one who has experienced the mercy of the Lord to keep me faithful to him. Because of the severe pressure we are in, I recommend you remain as you are. If you are married, stay in the marriage. If you are single, don't rush into marriage. But if you do get married, you have not sinned. It is not a sin to get married. It is just, it's just that I would want to spare you the problems you'll face with the extra challenges of being married. Now, I'm not married, but just doing research and talking to people who are married like when is when is god ordained satan does not want that jive to work okay uh the husband is ahead of the wife and like i was seeing on this podcast and i was watching the husband is ahead of the wife the husband is a spiritual head of the entire family so if you're a husband and you know i was about to say if you're a husband and you're married if you're a husband Life is probably going to be particularly difficult. Like you're going to be under a lot of spiritual warfare because if he can successfully attack and distract and get the husband out of God's will, the whole family is going to be messed up because the husband is ahead of the wife. The husband is a foundation. If the foundation of the house can be shaken, the rest of the house is going to fall apart. So this is why we got to support our husbands, right? I ain't going to go too deep into that because that was a good, that was such a good episode. I was like, but let's continue. (laughs) You have not sinned, extra challenges of being married. Verse 29, my friends, what I mean is this, the urgency of our times mean that from now on, those who have wives should live Uh, as though without them and those who weep should forget their tears and those who rejoice will have no time to celebrate and those who purchase items will no time will have no time to enjoy them i would like to read the king james version of this because this um i'm not i'm not feeling the tpt all right 29 but i say this brethren the time is short It remaineth that both they that have wives as be though they had none, and they that weep as though they weep not, and they that rejoice as though they rejoice not, and they that buy as though they possessed not, and they that use this world as not abusing it 
for the fashion of this world passeth away. But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world and how he may please his wife. There is difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she that is married careth for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And that goes back to the beginning of this chapter saying, husbands, it's your responsibility to, you know, fulfill the sexual needs of your wife and wives, your husband. So it's like, you know, they have a respect. You have a responsibility, you know, da, 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 da. 35. And as I and as this, I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely and I and I and that ye may attend upon the Lord without distraction. But if any man think that he behaveth himself uncomely toward his virgin, if she pass the flower of her age and needs so require, let him do what he will. He sinneth not. Let them marry. And 36 was speaking on like somebody who's a fiance. Let me go to 36 and TBT. However, if a man has decided to serve God as a single person, yet changes his mind and finds himself in love with the woman, Although he never intended to marry, let him go ahead and marry her. It is not a sin to do so. On the other hand, if a man stands firm in his heart to remain single and is under no compulsion to get married, but has control over his passions and is determined to remain celibate, he has chosen well. So then, the one who marries his fiance does well, and the one who chooses not to marry her does better. Remarriage, verse 39. A wife is bound by the marriage covenant as long as her husband is living. But if the husband dies, she is free to marry again as she desires. But, of course, he should be a believer in the Lord. However, in my opinion, and I think that I too have the Spirit of God, she would be happier if she remained single. And now Paul is saying throughout this entire book, listen, it's not a sin to be married, but let, <laughs> let me give you my thoughts and godly advice. He said it would just be easier to not be married because it does come with a set. It does come with a set of, of things, of challenges. He said it will be better for you to be single. Multiple, multiple times, <laughs> but that's just his, uh, his, you know, view and his thoughts on the subject. So now we're going to go to Ephesians chapter five. Ah, uh, well, we already went that one. We've, we've definitely gone through that before. This one is just talking about, you know, the wives submit to your husbands, husbands, love your wife, you know, respect them as a head of the church. I covered a lot on married and unmarried people. And now just some encouragement. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 43. And I'm going to read verses 18 and 19. Ah, my page. Sorry, I don't like folds in my Bible. 
Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God says to forget the things that were of old. Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. God said he can He can make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I don't know if you guys have ever been in the wilderness or if you've ever seen it from like an aerial view. Uh, the wilderness don't got like no path, bro. It's just trees, grass, plants, animals, and bugs. <laughs> God said he can make a way in the wilderness. I don't know if you guys know what a desert is <laughs> or if you've ever seen a desert and how dry it is. But he said he can make a river in the desert. That's the type of God we serve. Don't go back to your old ways. I know it's hard, right? I have a brain. I have a body. I have a mind. You know, I know the thoughts come. The, the You feel like your needs need to be met and everything. But all of our... Everything we need is found in God. And I hope that this can plant a seed in somebody. I'm also going to go down to verses 25 and 26 in chapter 43 of Isaiah. And I'm going to read it in another translation. Let me get out of TPT because that doesn't exist prior to mm -mm -mm. Isaiah. Yes, chapter 43. Verses 25 and 26. All right. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, for God's honor, for God's glory. He blots out our transgressions and remembers our sins no more. Review the past for me. Let us argue the matter together. State the case for your innocence. And now when he says that, he means come to me with your problems. Come to me with the things you've done. Come to me with your sins and all of that. And he he's the only one who could forgive us anyways. He said we could talk it out. We can talk it out and state the case for your innocence. God wants to forgive us, right? And now I'm just going to go back to verse 43. Right, Jesus died so we could be saved. I'm not in verse 43, verse one of four, of chapter 43. Jesus died so we could be saved. It's time to repent and change our ways. I myself know that it's very difficult to do on my own, but that's why we have God on our side. Verse one, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by my name. Thou art mine. We are God's. God is on our side. And that also supports going back to First uh, Corinthians chapter 6. For ye are bought with a price. 
Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And going back to 19, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. We are not our own. We belong to God. God said, you are mine. He said, thou art mine. We are God's. We belong to God. I mean, let me not say that because that way nobody can try and cut a clip of this and say that I Jordan Jordan said we are we are not gods. We belong to God. Right? Man. God is really a full circle God. Like it's just so cool how he just brought everything all back together and I truly appreciate you guys for listening to this episode. I know it ran just a little bit long, but that's okay because we really need to just accept the word of God and be obedient unto God. I don't know when I'm going to stop talking about obedience, but we can already see that there's so many aspects for us to follow, so many examples in the Bible for us to follow. Like God is just so good. But I I appreciate you guys for listening. I pray that you guys stay blessed. I pray that you're a blessing unto others. I pray that this message was a blessing unto you. If you're married, that it was a blessing unto you and your family, unto you and your marriage. And if you're not married, I pray that this was just a blessing unto you and your spirit to encourage you to follow the word of God and to, to be pure And if you want to be married, that's okay. God put that desire inside of you for a reason. If you're okay with being single, that's also okay. Just make sure you stay within God's will and, you know, just devote your life and and be fully devoted unto God. Stay blessed. Be a blessing unto others. And I love you guys so much. But God loves you a lot more way more his capacity of loving you is so much greater than mine although i do he loves you more than i do you guys have a wonderful night